we have 365 videos for every day on the calendar, which you which are ready to be posted on social, and you can just add your call to action at the end. Learn modern marketing that you can use to grow your business in today's competitive landscape. This is Digital Marketing Masters with Matt and Carrie Rouse. Welcome to Digital Marketing Masters. I'm Matt Rouse, and today my guest is Kate Scavish. And Kate Scavish is an entrepreneur who serves as the chief visionary officer of Wave.video. And she also is part of another company, too. We'll get to that in a minute. Kate has a degree in applied mathematics and also is an immigrant from the former Soviet bloc. The USSR, as they used to call it. I don't know if they even still call it that anymore. We'll, we'll ask in a sec. But anyway, Kate, how are you doing today? Hi, Matt. I'm great today. I'm uh, so excited to be on your show. Thank you for inviting me. It's such a pleasure. Yeah, I'm ready to answer all your questions. <laughs> sure. And I mean, I've used Wave.video before. And I actually went back this morning and I was like, okay, I'm just going to like make another quick video to make sure I'm still familiar with how it works and everything. You guys have done a lot of work on the tool since the last time I used it. There's like hundreds of more templates and stuff in there. And, and it's really great. And we can get kind of more into that in a sec. And actually, you know, that might be a good place for us to start is what exactly is wave.video? Sure. My favorite question. <laughs> Wavebook Video is online platform for making and uh, repurposing videos and creating video funnels for marketers. Video funnel, it's um, something that we came up with and it's a, a tool for marketers with video to create funnels. So you can film one video and then you can repurpose it into promotional video all your social platforms and you can drive traffic from those platforms to your main website or to your video again if you collect money through youtube so basically video funnels it's a simple funnels which include video in it and which use power of video to drive traffic sales and anything that actions and engagement that's what marketers usually do so anybody who may not be familiar with a traditional sales funnel, the idea is is you have different levels in the funnel and you want to bring people into your funnel so you can slowly funnel them down to the point of them becoming a customer. So video funnels, you're talking about using the video kind of at the top of the funnel, at the widest point to get the most people in so that you can get people who are interested then to your website and potentially to become customers. Right. And we supporting this idea of uh, having video on each step of the funnel and starting the social media when it's top of your funnel and then driving down to educating on web pages with a longer form of videos or on YouTube, wherever your content is uh, stored. And then a final video, which might have some promotional nature or coupons or discounts, something to close the deal and to drive actual sales. So something that we support on our funnel, on our platform, and it allowed customers to create a bunch of funnels along all this customer journey. You know, I think one of the things that kind of struck me with the Wave.video platform when I was using it is how quick you can make something. 
because speed is super important, especially if I'm most of the people who watch our podcast or sorry, listen to our podcast are small business owners and entrepreneurs. And a lot of times they're the only person in their business. So they have to do everything themselves. Telling someone, hey, you should make some video. They're just like, oh, my God, I don't have time to do this. <laughs> right. But yeah, I was able to make my video and edit it, edit a template for a video. I think it took me about eight minutes. And I made a 15 second social media video. Actually, I, I showed it to my wife, Carrie, who works with us also. And I made it for for our inbox mastery group that we have on Facebook. And she was like, that's really good. We should use it. And I was like, oh, well, I was kind of just messing around with it. But I guess it's good enough to use after my eight minutes of work. So I think being able to create video really quickly is really important, too. Right. I absolutely can relate to your experience. And we have 365 videos for every day on the calendar, which you which are ready to be posted on social. And you can just add your call to action on the end, like learn more here, learn, come to my website, whatever. We also have these templates that you mentioned that we have a lot of and coming with the new ones. And those are highly customizable. So if you find some templates, video template or promotional or ad, whatever use case you want to create video for, and you like how it looks, it's super easy to uh, repurpose it for your niche, for your industry. You just replace the video in the template and you can replace fonts and colors with your brand colors and fonts. And uh, it, it takes you a few minutes to repurpose the video you like and have it branded or ready to use on for your own needs. Yeah, and I saw you could export it straight to your social media posting or you can like download the videos too. One thing I thought was interesting is that you can set up your brand in there. So you can like set your colors and set your logo and stuff and then it'll automatically put it in the videos for you right. instead of having to change it every single time. Yeah, and you not necessarily only have to have logos. It could be any graphics you like. You can upload it and reuse it. If you want your location or your photo or photo of your guest to be present at all time of the video, you can do it. You can do any sorts of graphics which will be helpful for your clients. We also have integration with Jiffy when you can find some funny pictures to illustrate whatever you need to illustrate during your video. Other interesting things, call to action stickers like subscribe now, that's great. Haha, <laughs> anything, anything that you want to make your video more engage, engaging is in the platform and you can upload your own custom materials and customize videos you want. You're also able to, to do your own templates. Whatever you're happy with some format that you created with videos, you can duplicate this video and make slight choices, changes. For example, if it's episode 62... Then you can replace photo of person who is in your episode and make it episode 53 with another guest, right? And a few ideas of what you're going to talk on this podcast or something like that. I'm just trying to explain something that uh, our listeners will understand easily. So if you want to promote your podcast with a video on other platforms like LinkedIn, for example, and drive traffic from LinkedIn if you have audience there, to your podcast that's something that you could easily do for every episode and it will take like a couple of minutes when you know what you want to convey in your video 
Right. So then you could set up a template the way that you want and then use it over and over. And I've seen that done. I, I, I didn't realize it was your software doing it, but yeah, I actually know. I, I see a couple of people that we've interviewed on here. I see their videos and I'm like, Oh, that's how they're doing that. But so anyway, we'll put a link to wave.video in the show notes, but that's not the only thing that I wanted to talk to you about. You also have another company. And do you want to talk about that? Your animation company? Animation company. Well, yes, we also have this animation company, animatron.com, and you can create explainers video in that. It's less popular use case, so you don't do as many explainer videos as you need ads and promotional videos for all sorts of content. So this uh, business is sort of in shade of this uh, making and promotional video making for marketers. But it's still the main reason why it's not as popular, because you need to actually think about script, what you want to tell in, the, in this explainer, and then invest some time and to make an animation out of it. But if you've done a few explainers, it, it becomes easier and easier. It's just originally it has higher curve, educational curve, and you need to invest a little bit of time to learn it. And that's something that small business owners and marketers don't have this day. These days, they don't have time at all. They want to come and they want to look at your software and understand how how they will be doing video in three minutes. And they want to have it done. And that's what uh, Wave Video <laughs> actually is focusing on. And the reason why we created Wave.video was because originally we created Animatron. And it's actually very, very complicated technically product. We invested so much uh, resources in it, and uh, then we needed to promote it. And when it came to creation, a lot of small videos every day, I realized, no, (laughs) that's not working. (laughs) I need something to create videos daily, and I don't have time to do it, so I need something like very to the point, a few minutes I can dedicate, and probably I won't dedicate an hour and create five videos and schedule them somewhere, and that's how Wave Video was born. I was like, no, I need a lot of videos I need to promote. Uh, it's interesting how you can pivot your business like that when you see what the need is, especially when you find a need for yourself, right? So this is not actually a business, at least not yet. But anyway, we do a ton of development at WordPress. And we found that that when you're using like WordPress builders like Divi and stuff like that, they don't have a button to get back to the page editor in WordPress. So we just wrote a plugin for ourselves to add the button, like because it was super annoying to not have the button that we wanted. And we finally just gave up. We're like, OK, I was like, talk to my business partner, Scott. I'm like, let's just fix this. And so he just wrote a plugin and now we have a button. <laughs> and like, I don't know if anybody else needs that button. If you guys need it, comment on the show notes or something and and we'll send it to you. Yes, it's too common because these WordPress plugins, they are so sticky. Once you start to use it, <laughs> you need it all the time, right? If, if it hits the pain point, it's a great idea for business. And I probably, unfortunately, once people start using them, they never delete them, even if they're not using them anymore. But if you're not using a plugin anymore, people delete it, please. <laughs> just It just becomes, especially if you're not going to update your website ever. Because it's just another point of entry for somebody to break into your website. But anyways, we're not here to talk about website security today. (laughs) I wanted to ask you, obviously, you have an accent. And I mean, I 
have, I think I have an accent anyway, but a lot of people around the West Coast don't think so. But we're both immigrants, right? We're from other countries. When did you immigrate to the USA? Was it like, were you older already when you moved here? Like I was like 30, I think. I think it was 27 actually, but. I was 25 and I didn't speak English. <laughs> so for me, it was a much more painful experience probably than for you. I came here and I right away felt very motivated <laughs> to learn English. And I started to speak with whatever I could and I practiced, practiced, practiced. But I still uh, see another 30 years in front of me to master English. <laughs> it's the most challenging task in my life so far. It is, it is difficult to learn another language. And I found there's a lot of, even though I already spoke English, obviously, and we had American TV in Canada, so I could watch stuff. But there's a lot of things people say here that I didn't know what it was when I first got here. Like they would say something and I'm just like, I don't even know what they're talking about. <laughs> like there's just these cultural differences you get from immigration. You know, things that people have talked about, maybe it was like, I don't know, on a U.S. TV show or some American made music that never made it to Canada on the radio or something. So I'd never heard it before. Or, you know, some kind of saying that people use in parts of the country that I've never heard. I still run into that all the time, actually. If somebody will say something, I'm just confused. Like, I just I have no idea what they're talking about. It sounds comforting <laughs> for me. For me, it was like a different for me. I didn't understand. I mean, I. Anything. <laughs> okay, they say something, but what it is. Yeah, it's kind of interesting experience. I remember at some day I was like, turn on mic for me, because all of a sudden I start to realize I understand the words in, when people singing. And it was like, so much happy. And once I was like on, in our apartment, we had a swimming pool, and people were talking next to me, and they were saying like, eh. She came to America, doesn't speak a word. And I was like, oh, yes, yes, <laughs> about me. And I don't understand what they're saying. <laughs> <laughs> Breaking points in my life. Oh, my God. Yes. Do you still do like, do you still translate in your head first? Or do you for like most of the time you just know what they're talking about? No, I, I stopped translating like maybe 10 years ago. <laughs> now. My main problem is my accent and uh, the fact that I hear my mistakes afterwards. Because I say and then like, oh, I should have said it differently. I, I think the biggest thing, and obviously it's not a language barrier, but, but going from metric to like imperial was tough, right? Because I didn't understand. Well, I didn't understand Fahrenheit for one thing. Like I had no idea how hot whatever 75 was or something, right? So I was always trying to convert to metric in my head which is not always the easiest thing to do. I still do it. Somebody's like, it's going to be 80 degrees next week. And I'm like, okay, so I got to subtract 32, multiply by five, divide by nine. <laughs> oh, it's going to be 26 degrees. 68 degrees, it's 20 in Celsius. So it's going to be more than that. <laughs> okay. I know. I had to like get some, some points. And I used to convert US dollars to Canadian dollars all the time for pricing. But after about... Yeah, in five, five, six years, I kind of got used to not using metric. And now I don't know what they're talking about in metric half the time. So now it's confusing. I got I got it wrong both ways at this point. So let me ask you, how did you as an immigrant, how did you get into starting a SaaS company? Oh, I immigrated to United States 22 years ago. So quite some time ago. And SaaS company, I was a mathematician. I worked for online businesses 
and uh, did some statistics. I was involved in some software companies before, and it was a slowly transition. I also was interested in the previous business we had uh, with my husband was around Flash. It was acquired by Macromedia. So I was kind of in this animation, SaaS, online, website stuff for a while. And it, it was just naturally that uh, at some point we decided, okay, Steve Jobs announced that Flash is bad. He is not going to support plugin on the phone. And we thought, okay, what can we do? Why don't we try to recreate Flash in browser so it doesn't need a plugin? And we hoped that all this audience, which we are using Flash, it was four plus million developers, probably will move into our platform. But what in fact happened, that all these people, they, they didn't stick as one audience. They shattered around the web and found the application which was supported exactly laser focus use case that they wanted to solve. And that's how a lot of businesses were created. And that's why this audience didn't move to Amazon right away. But we needed to figure out what we're going to do next because it was very hard to compete with those applications which were very focused and doing one thing, but really well and really fast. Yeah, I think for people who may not know or weren't in technology a while ago, Flash was an animation tool that so all those old animations people used to have introductions. Like, do you remember when people would have animated introductions on their website? Like you'd go and there'd be like a little animation and then you'd go to their website. I'm glad people don't do that anymore, by the way. But before even like uh, little animated buttons, they were also done in Flash. Uh, any button uh, some point. If Pretty much, yeah. 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 Every animated bud was done in Flash because it was too hard to code it. Mm-hmm. I mean, JavaScript didn't really exist yet, and HTML5 was only HTML4 back then, so... Mm-hmm. Any videos, everything was done through Flash, so it was a big market. There wasn't really YouTube or anything yet to put your video backgrounds in and stuff. Wow. <laughs> Do you find that Women have a harder time getting into technology still these days compared to, like, I mean, it's still a pretty male-dominated field at the kind of founder level. Well, of course, it's obvious that it's male-dominated field. I came from Russia where we don't have this big of gap between men and women because for obvious reasons, uh, women were part of workforce for quite a while. And I didn't know that there should be this gap. (laughs) It was good in that respect. Right. But still, when you work in this field, you obviously meant to work with men. And uh, when it's a group of men and one woman, they have different social standards, let's put it this way. Men tend to be more aggressive and more goal-oriented versus in general, I'm talking in general, of course. Women who are, might be goal-oriented, but they also process-oriented more often. And that kind of create different dynamics. I didn't pay attention to it until I moved from world of developers to world of marketers, where I kind of live now. <laughs> and here people act different. They more tended to have this conversation, how are you doing, and all the social stuff prior to getting to the point compared to the men and developers who is like, okay, if they write email to you, they never say hello or goodbye because it's wasting of 
time. <laughs> and read it. <laughs> Very efficient way to read to the point. The least amount of writing or code possible to get the job done. Yes, and they're proud of it. I've never said hello to our customers <laughs> because it's wasting and I don't waste people's time. I used to work for Intel and one of the things that was in the training that I found entertaining was that they state that you need to put a greeting at the top and another kind of like exit greeting at the at the bottom. Like you always need to say hello and you always need to say something nice at the end before you sign off your email, regardless of the content, because they're an engineering company, right? So they have tens of thousands of engineers working for them. And, you know, most engineering meetings, everybody gets in the room and they just start talking about whatever the thing is. There's no pleasantry involved, yeah. right? <laughs> Which... Honestly, I mean, it's not as nice, but I mean, you sure get a lot more done, right? So you got to kind of find a balance there between the, you know, you got to have a little bit of the touchy feely side, I think, but you also got to have a lot of the get stuff done side. So I think you need a little bit of both. Yeah, it's a, it's a weird, weird world when you switch from a technology side to a marketing side. It was, uh, now I get used to it, but in the beginning, it was like, wow, that's how people do it. <laughs> if among developers, I was always criticized for not being direct enough. <laughs> when I moved to marketers, they're like, wow, you're so bold, <laughs> so direct. <laughs> wow, wow. <laughs> I learned my lesson. I, I, I'm going to have, like, thank you very much, <laughs> goodbye thing. And if you uh, kind of deliver the same information, but in a little bit different format, People just used to, it's like a customs. We have different culture in the different fields. And sometimes sometimes women take it as an um, aggressive behavior, something that is just a culture. There is nothing personal in it. There is no aggression. It's, it's just a different way how people do things. And uh, I think that's what a lot of this misunderstanding take place in, just a different person. Yeah. And I, I don't know, I mean... There's probably statistically, it's probably a little bit, you know, certain categories of things happen with women led businesses versus men led businesses and, and meetings and groups and that kind of stuff, too. But I think it's kind of more of a culture thing. You know, when I go to like a marketing agency, like a boutique marketing agency, I used to do some contracting for one a while back and we go in and and, you know, they're like. They got their dogs in the office walking around and everybody's dressed in like fancy clothing and and they're sitting around with tiny coffee cups, you know, having espresso and talking to each other. Right. And then I go to like an engineering company and it just looks like like an inventor room. Right. I mean, nothing. There's just crap everywhere. There's no art on the walls or anything like that. Right. It's just, it's just everything is down to work basic. Right. For that company, regardless of who works at it. Right. I mean, it's just it's interesting going from business to business and seeing it, you know, or seeing the difference. Like I went to a company a couple of weeks ago that does like home renovation stuff. And so they have all these like partial kitchens and, and living rooms and fireplaces and stuff all around. And everything's really nice decor on the walls and, and paintings and everything. And then I went to another company that works with them, but they pour the concrete and stuff. And it's just like this humongous shed with a bunch of trucks in it and guys walking around that, you know, look like they were homeless yesterday because their clothes are all dirty and, you know, like, you know, workmen kind of stuff. And they both do construction, right? Uh, it's just the the part of the work that they do kind of signifies how the, the decor and, and how they act in the business and stuff. I thought it was, it was super interesting. All right. So let me ask you this. 
what do you think are the characteristics that somebody needs if they're going to be a startup leader or an entrepreneur? Well, first of all, they have to be ready to work 24 <laughs> seven. That's the main characteristic. And they have to be very positive because you have to go through this hard time and still have enthusiasm about what you're doing and spread this enthusiasm to your team. And also very important, be ready to a new tasks, to take on new tasks, which you never done, which you need to learn how to do fast and do it at the best you can. And you have to learn in a short period of time how to do many new things along your way of being entrepreneur, because that's what happens all the time. You're always faced with the new challenges. You never thought you will have them and you have to do something about it. Yeah, it's it's interesting having to, I mean, in our business, there's only, if you include some contractors and stuff, you know, like five to eight people, depending upon what time of day it is kind of thing. But I mean, just something new comes up every single day that I have to learn, right? You know, we're constantly learning software. I don't even know how many pieces of software we use at this point. It's got to be hundred. So yeah, you're always learning something. But I think it's interesting about the kind of hustle culture too. There's this, you know, like if you're going to do a SaaS startup, and and you want to like push it and get things done. There's the majority, I would say, of the camp of people who are in the industry say you got to be like working all the time hard and it's hard to do and it's hard to get it rolling. And then there's another kind of smaller camp of people who are like, you need to have some balance with your life and you shouldn't have to work 24 seven kind of thing. And I think that it's hard to compete with people who are doing 16 hour days, six days a week when you're trying to hold it to 40 hours a week? It's a fine balance because if you work, to, you need to know your hours. <laughs> Some people just, if you work too much, you become ineffective. So you need to know what you can put into your work and still stay motivated and don't burn out. And what you need to do, what else besides work you need to have in your life to not to burn out, like running maybe, some exercise, some yeah, life balance is very important. Uh, spend time with kids, and uh, you have to be organized. So it, it's it's a it's a very tough thing. But at some point, we talked to this I forgot his name, Profit Well founder, and he has a lot of t- statistics on startups. So he said, "I know that you wish I could say that those startup leaders who had hobby do better, but no, they don't." Right. Really, yeah, successful entrepreneurs, they don't have hobbies. They put everything, all the time they don't spend with family, all this time goes into business. I think that when you're looking at a startup, especially if you are looking for kind of a, maybe not an exponential growth curve, but a pretty high growth curve, that there's so much that needs to be done. And you need to do it on such a shoestring budget that you can't hire out all those other tasks. You got to be getting those things done yourself. But I mean, kind of the the goal is that you're going to eventually get the business to a point where you can afford staff or to the point where you're going to get acquired or have some kind of exit, right? But it's a long way <laughs> between starting it and to this point we can when you first can afford people to help you and then um, when you can sell the company. And on that way, on this long way, things become addictive. So I think most of the 
entrepreneurs will agree with, with me that the, when you work for yourself, it become your, becomes your addiction. So at some point, it's very hard to say, okay, I'm not working after seven, even if I can afford it. I still tended to to come back and do some little tasks after after I set this deadline for myself. Right. A good example is like we bootstrapped our company, right? So we, Scott and I used to work as IT contractors and we built our businesses on the side while we were IT contractors. And then we built out our agency and we merged them about five, six years ago, six years ago now, we merged our companies and that was at the point where we could make enough money that we wouldn't go broke, but like barely, you know, but then we were able to give up contracting, which is good money. I mean, being an IT contractor is good money, right? Absolutely. Yeah. But yeah, and we saved up a little money and then we were able to grow the business. But I mean, it was all day, every day, pretty much, you know, and maybe we work half days on the weekends kind of thing. But other than that, you know, we're working at least 12 hour days, five days a week, you know, so we're putting in 80 hour weeks for, I mean, for years, like it was probably two, three years before we started hiring enough staff that we could not have to work 80 hours a week. And it's not joking. And I thought that I, I could work less, but it's a, it's a dream. So I think it's, if, if you have this drive, if you want to, to do something, you just naturally put all your hours, all you have, all your energy into that and, and you drive this business or you drive your idea, but you actually have to have to, to burn this light inside of you. Otherwise, it's, it just doesn't work. Yeah, and it's it's rewarding when you have, when you're helping people, right, with your product, like you're helping people grow their businesses, right? And people are telling you how much you're helping them. It just makes you want to keep doing it. They talk about this explosion of creativity because they can finally do something that they only could imagine before. Yeah, it's it's very rewarding. And that's what fits this, you know, energy, this enthusiasm. When you started to get this feedback, you, you kind of feel explosion of energy and you want to do more and more. That's true. So let me ask you this. What do you think is coming up for you or for Wave.Video? Do you have something on the horizon that's coming up or are you guys just? Absolutely. We always have something on the horizon and something that's coming up. So something that's coming up in the next couple of weeks is automated captions, but it's done in this social style captions, which you, you not only have closed captions, basically the text of what you're saying, displayed but you also have a few ways how it's displayed in style for example lower third of your video looks like it's a cutted video and there you have your captions and you have a few options in terms of fonts in terms of effect how it goes it could be karaoke effect it could be just a regular text like a running stream some options and then again people can play and can bring some personality into the video with captions. I think it's interesting and I can't wait while it's on production and we can see what our customers will do with it because this combination of different layouts and different caption effects, it helps to immigrants like me with my accent to Scottish people probably. (laughs) Sometimes they cannot understand what they're saying. And other uh, kind of use cases when you just start and look at videos on social 
uh, you also usually in a mute mode and it will help people to go through this mute mode and still catch the audience they want to catch. Yeah, closed caption, especially if you're doing videos that have like a speaker in them, somebody's talking and maybe it'll switch to like some B-roll or something in back. And then if you don't have that closed captioning, you can automate it through like YouTube or Facebook, but the translation is terrible. So, you know, I saw one the other day that was just, I mean, like the, if you're just reading the captions, it just didn't make any sense at all what they were saying. I mean, so sometimes the, uh, it's, it's good to have that ability to correct it, right? Yeah, that's what we're also going to have. So part of uh, captioning service, it's it's never done perfect. It's never done. So you always want to upload this SRT file and change it a little bit. And that's also will be part of the offering we have. Or you just want to send this file to your VA and they will change it. So you save time on that. It's, <laughs> that's what I do. Yeah. So if you have a virtual assistant or something like that, or you have an administrator or something at your work, they can do those tasks for you. Just for anybody who doesn't know a CRT file, that's the closed captioning file that's included so that they know like on your TV, when you hit the button and it, it shows the closed caption that comes in a file to them. So Kate Scavish, wave.video is the website and we'll have a link to that in the show notes. Do you have any way, if somebody wants to get a hold of you, what the best way for them to reach out to you is? Well, you always can reach through our official wave.video websites and LinkedIn slash Kate Scavish. You can reach me on LinkedIn and Kate Scavish on Facebook also works. So I love to talk to people. If you guys have something to say, I open for all sorts of conversations. And if you can include uh, links to my public profile along this link with video, I will highly appreciate it. Yeah, I'll, I'll put it in the show notes. Uh, show notes are available at hookseo.com slash podcast. And they should also be in your podcast provider, wherever you're listening to. Kate, thank you so much for being on the show. It's great. And I'm I'm going to take part of this audio and I'll make a wave.video and I'll post it so people can see when the podcast is going to come out. Um, when you post your video, send me a link to your podcast and I also will make some social videos to promote it. I, I always do. It's something that my favorite part of all podcasts, promotion. It's good. After, yeah, and thank you so much for having me on your show. It, it's been a pleasure to talk to you and uh, thank you. Thank you. We'll talk to you again soon and we'll see you on Wave.video. Thank you. Bye. This has been Digital Marketing Masters with Matt and Carrie Rouse. For notes and a transcript of this episode, go to hookseo.com forward slash podcast. Now stay tuned for a preview of our next episode of Digital Marketing Masters. Join us next week as we dive into more tips and ideas to grow your business. Digital Marketing Masters is brought to you by Hook SEO Digital Marketing. Our show is produced by Matthew Rouse and Scott Burson. Mixed and edited by Silent Outburst Productions. I'm your announcer, Daniel D. Craig. We would love to hear your thoughts. Please leave us an honest review with your podcast provider. Your reviews help us help more business leaders just like you.